1: Bleeding Green Nation, and welcome back to another edition of Eye on the Enemy, powered by SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. I'm your host, John Stolness. You can follow me on Twitter, at John Stolness. Coming up, we're going to get an eye on the enemy of the New York Jets, as the Eagles get ready to take on New York uh, in the Big Apple. 425 kickoff on Sunday afternoon. Of course, when the schedule makers put this game on the schedule, uh, the Jets were expected to be quite a bit more competitive with Aaron Rodgers under center. As it is, we'll get Zach Zach Wilson on Sunday afternoon. So uh, we'll just talk a little bit about what he has done at quarterback for the Jets so far this season, how their offense has looked, how their defense has looked. And uh, we'll also go over the injury report as we're recording this uh, late on Friday night. uh, We have the injury report as of Friday afternoon and some big names for the Eagles are going to miss the game on Sunday, but also a couple of names on the Jets uh, that you want to keep an eye out for So All that coming up here on this edition of eye on the enemy. Now at some point, Someday, the New York Jets will beat the Philadelphia Eagles. The law of averages says so. At some point in this grand universe of ours, the stars will align, Jupiter will align with Mercury, and some things will happen. Maybe the Jets will actually have a functioning quarterback who can lead their team on several scoring drives against the Philadelphia Eagles, but it does not feel as though it will be this coming Sunday. With the Eagles rolling into New York undefeated, 5-0, seem to be playing better football each and every week. Meanwhile, the Jets, with Aaron Rodgers out for the season, struggling with a 2-3 and record. They did win their last game against the Denver Broncos, so uh, congratulations to them, 31-21. Uh, in Denver uh, taking on um, a pretty pathetic uh, Denver Broncos team I mean I don't know we get that's a whole other that's a whole podcast in and of itself what's going on up there in Denver but obviously the start of this season is nothing like New York was hoping for they expected to compete in the AFC East with Aaron Rodgers under Center that was a their their big offseason acquisition. He was expected to help them compete with the likes of the Buffalo Bills and the Miami Dolphins. And right now, without Aaron Rodgers under center and the team not ready to pull the trigger on another quarterback outside the organization... It is the Zach Wilson show, and that has led to a 2-3 and three record. The Jets have also had a really tough schedule here to start the season. They started off with an overtime win against the Buffalo Bills, 22-16. Of course, that was the game in which Rodgers got injured. Uh, but then they lost Week 2 in Dallas to the Cowboys, 30-10. The Cowboys destroyed them in that game. They lost the following week in New- at home to the New England Patriots, 15 to 10 so you can tell the offense really struggling through the first three weeks of the season they pl- probably played their best game of the year in week four in a losing effort at home against the Kansas City Chiefs losing 23 to 20 but the Jets defense did a really good job bottling up Patrick Mahomes in that game uh, and and shutting down a lot of what the Chiefs wanted to do on offense uh, and uh, o- offensively um, you uh, we'll go over this in just a few minutes but Zach Zach Wilson had his best start of the season uh, and then last last. Last week, they went to Denver and took care of the Broncos, as I mentioned just a second ago, 31 and 21. So uh, the Jets come in uh, at two and three on the season. In terms of offensive DVOA, the New York Jets right now rank fourth worst in the NFL, which, again, uh, probably shouldn't be too much of a surprise given the struggles that they've had uh, at running back. But coming into the season, we knew the Jets' strength would be on defense, and defensively, they ranked 15th in DVOA. So again, not a huge, um, not not a. No, they're not obviously one of the top 10 units in the league at the moment, but they do have a ton of really good players on that defense. But but I did mention coming leading into this that the New York Jets, in their history, have never beaten the Philadelphia Eagles. I mean, that just seems inconceivable that two teams who have been in the league as long as the Jets and the Eagles have been, that one of these two teams would still be winless against the other. But the Eagles are 12-0 against the Jets. In their history, the Jets do have not, and I guess most teams probably have a similar record against undefe- teams with undefeated records with at least five wins. In their history, the Jets are 3-12 and against opponents who are undefeated with at least 5 wins. Now, again, I think most teams probably have a record similar to that because you're obviously playing a phenomenally good team if they have an undefeated record with at least 5 wins, like at least 5 and 0, and that is how the Eagles will roll into New York this weekend. And I think one of the interesting things and one of the things that are being talked about right now especially with regards to what's going on with the minnesota vikings and justin jefferson going on ir that that season looking like a lost season for minnesota kirk cousins is likely to be on the trade block and before the jets fall too far out of the divisional race and certainly they even a two and three are still in the wild card hunt so the season could not over they they have a competitive defense they added pieces during the course of the season they got alan lazard to to come in at wide receiver and and help out this is a team that's built to win right now or at least built to try to win right now could they make a play for kirk cousins that seems to be a lot of the scuttlebutt right now whether or not new york will go ahead and try and do that of course you know with so much money going into the injured aaron Rodgers. Kirk Cousins you're not going to sign him to an extension or anything like that so you basically would be spending a probably first round pick I would imagine Kirk Cousins is worth a first round pick for two-thirds of a season if Kirk Cousins had a proven playoff track record I could maybe see swinging that deal because you feel like, hey, maybe Kirk Cousins can can get us to the Super Bowl. He's done it before. He can he can do it again, especially when we've got all this talent on this roster. But Kirk Cousins, even under the best of circumstances, has always been a good quarterback. He's a playoff caliber quarterback, but he's not a playoff winning quarterback. Never has been in his career. If I'm the Jets, man, I don't think I'm pulling the trigger on that. I'm just kind of hoping to see what Zach Wilson can do. If maybe a, a cheaper option comes up, maybe I maybe I try to go that route. But I'm I'm not spending any first round capital on bringing Kirk Cousins onto that roster. Um, he's he's not good enough. He's not going to get you to a Super Bowl. He's just he's just not. He's played on some good teams before. Never gotten close, never gotten a sniff. This is a guy who shrinks in the big games a lot of times. He's too inconsistent. So I I think Kirk Cousins is a fine quarterback. He's probably a top 10 quarterback in this league still, but I'm not, maybe, maybe not. Maybe he's top 15. Maybe he's outside the top 10 specifically because he can't win the big game. And the quarterbacks in the AFC are really, really good. He still would be the third best quarterback in that division, that division alone. So again, is that worth giving up a first round pick? Is it even worth giving up a second round pick? I'm not sure that it is. So uh, I don't think Kirk Cousins is the answer. But for this weekend, the Eagles will be facing Zach Wilson. Now, who on the eagles will not be facing zach wilson let's go over the injury situation because uh, a number of players were declared out on friday Uh, a couple of big names on here including the young super stud rookie jalen carter who has been utterly dominant in the middle of the defense really has come on and replaced javon hargrave with absolutely no missing of a beat uh he hurt his ankle in practice this week now this is not a serious injury Uh, The Eagles think this is only a one-week thing, so that's good news. This is not going to be something that's going to take him out of the lineup for a really long time, and this is a position that the Eagles have some depth Fletcher Cox will be back this week after having some issues with his back last week. He should be in the lineup. Uh, Milton Williams has played really well, and Jordan Davis has played really well. So they have some they have some guys there at defensive tackle that they can rotate through, and they should be okay. Uh, and you also have the edge rushers, which are starting to come on a little bit. Hassan Reddick is starting to come on. Josh Sweat starting to come on a little bit. Uh, I think you're going to see uh, the Seagulls defensive line be fine without Jalen Carter, but they the Eagles will miss his game-wrecking ability. And so hopefully it is just a one-week injury and that he'll be back out there uh, for week number seven. Cornerback Darius Slay is out with a bad knee. Now, I will be the first to admit Slay has not had the best of seasons here so far in 2023, but certainly you'd rather have him out there than Josh Job. but he has out with a bad knee. The Eagles also say this is likely only a one week thing as well. So these are not serious injuries. They're not supposed to be out for long periods of time. Nevertheless, Not having Jalen Carter, not having Darius Slay on Sunday after it didn't seem like they got injured in the game uh, against uh, uh, against the Rams last weekend uh, is a little bit disconcerting. Safety Justin Evans is also out for Sunday with a knee injury Uh, and wide receiver Quez Watkins could be out several weeks with a hamstring now. I don't want to bag on Quez Watkins because he's had some good moments for the the spot in the draft where they got him in the sixth round. He's already provided more value than they ever could have asked for. But this is a little bit of addition by subtraction. Getting Olamide Zaccheaus, getting him those, those snaps, getting him those regular touches. It's a better football team when, when OZ is on the field as opposed to Quez. So maybe this forces the Eagles hand to stick with OZ for the rest of the season. And you can sprinkle in Watkins here and there when his hamstring is, is feeling better, but we certainly shouldn't be giving him any third and two passes at this point. We should not, we certainly should not be giving him any substantial targets of any kind. OZ is your guy as the number three wide receiver. He's more productive. He's more physical. He's more reliable. He's more consistent. He does good things when he's out on the field. And so Losing Quez Watkins for a couple of weeks is I'm not losing any sleep over that one. And then safety Sidney Brown is questionable to play on Sunday. But that generally speaking, unless he has a unless he backslides, most likely means that he'll play for the Jets. Their injury list consists of four cornerbacks. Now, DJ Reed is out with a concussion. He's their number two corner, and he's a pretty good one. Uh, we'll get into him a little bit more in just a second. Uh, Justin Hardy is also out with a hamstring, as is Brandon Eccles. So some hamstring issues, some soft tissue issues with both of these teams right now. Sauce Gardner missed practice on Friday, but that was not due to an injury, it was due to an illness and the Jets think that he will be good to go by Sunday. So, certainly it would benefit the Eagles tremendously if both Sauce Gardner and DJ Reed are out, especially if Justin Hardy is also out, Brian Brandon Eccles also out. Um that's, that's three cornerbacks who we know are out. They're already going to be a little bit thin. They really do need Sauce Gardner to get into the lineup and, and start feeling better. So we'll see how that all turns out on Sunday. But uh, the Jets certainly expect him to play. But a disconcerting injury report uh, for the Eagles and missing some key guys here as this uh, as we hurdle towards this game late Sunday afternoon.
0: Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity VAN29.com
1: All right, let's start breaking this thing down and let's take a little bit of a look at the Jets' defense uh, and let's look at the Jets' linebacker's going up against this Eagles' running game. Last week, of course, we all saw Jalen Hurts put the running shoes back on. He'd heard the criticisms, he'd he'd heard the whispers wondering why he was looking slower, why the running game was looking uh, too passive, you know, not seeing that that dynamic side of, of Jalen Hurts, and it's almost as if he went out and he said, all right, you guys don't think I have this as a weapon in my tool belt anymore? Let me show you that I've still got it. And what that does, even if he's not back running again this week against the Jets, at least what it does is it forces defenses to stay honest, on, especially on those RPOs. They've got to respect the fact that Jalen could tuck it and run, and instead of looking to avoid contact last Sunday, Jalen Hurts, Looked to initiate it in a couple of different instances. And he had his best rushing performance of the season. 72 yards on the ground, 4.8 yards per carry. He got into the end zone on another tush push. The team as a whole put up 160 yards on the ground last week. The Eagles-Jets defense has had trouble with running quarterbacks so far this year, Patrick Mahomes and Russell Wilson. Say what you will about Wilson, but he at least did burn them on the ground. They are allowing 5.4 yards per carry to quarterbacks, which is more than what Jalen Hurts averaged last week. They're allowing 4.2 yards per carry to running backs. So a better number, but DeAndre Swift has been pretty unbelievable here so far this season. And then the Jets have not faced... An offensive line as good as the Eagles. Linebackers CJ Mosley and Quincy Williams, their top two tacklers, they will be tasked with trying to bring down Hertz and DeAndre Swift, and hopefully we won't see a whole lot of Kenny Gainwell running the football. Hopefully the, the the snaps that Kenny Gainwell is in there, he's in there for pass protection. DeAndre Swift, just so dynamic, averaging 5.7 yards per carry this season. That is fourth best among all running backs in the NFL. So Mosley and Quincy, Quincy Williams, very good linebackers, very good tacklers, but they will be tested by Stoutland University and this Eagles running game. Uh, the defensive line with Quinn and Williams, man, he is he's not as good as Aaron Donald, but he ain't that far off. Quinn and Williams can really play the D tackle position. And with Quinton Jefferson and Al Woods, running lanes may not be as plentiful. Quinn and Williams is not as good as Aaron Donald, but the rest of the Jets' defensive line is far better. They have far better players outside of their their best player, Quinton Williams, than the Rams did last week with Aaron Donald. Last week it was Aaron Donald and then four schmoes. This week is not the same thing. Uh, they're going to have to deal with Quinn and Williams, and they're going to have to deal with some of these other guys. And it's going to be up to the best offensive line in football to try and open up some running lanes against what is a, generally speaking, pretty good run defense for the Jets. They have not been all-world so far this year. They have allowed some big games to running backs, but uh, generally speaking, this is a team that does a decent job uh, against the run. But many have tried to stop the Eagles' running game, Few have succeeded. Uh, One of the really good matchups that we're going to be keeping an eye on, of course, is A.J. Brown against Sauce Gardner. Everybody knows how good Sauce is. In his second year in the league, he is an all-pro of all pros, probably the best cornerback in football. But he's going to be going up against a red-hot A.J. Brown. Brown with 125 or more yards receiving in three straight games. The Jets' pass defense is doing a good job, again, led by Sauce Gardner against wide receivers. Quarterbacks have a rating of 77.1 when targeting wide receivers against the Jets' pass defense this year. That mark is 7th best in the NFL. Hertz with three straight games of 275 or more yards throwing the football. And it's obviously going to be really, really fun to watch Sauce Gardner and A.J. Brown go at it. Brown is used to being able to beat pretty much anyone one-on-one, but he hasn't faced anyone as good as Sauce Gardner, at least not that, that I can remember, and I don't know that Sauce Gardner has faced a whole lot of guys as good as A.J. Brown right now, as, as, as dialed in as A.J. and Jalen Hurts are right now. That's going to be a fascinating matchup. Can Sauce Gardner stymie A.J. Brown? Can they, can they battle to a draw? If they battle to a draw, then Sauce Gardner wins that matchup. But you have to now look on the other side of the field. And with all of those cornerback injuries, with so many guys who, are, who, who could be missing, action, missing in action for the Jets this weekend, the key matchup may actually be Devontae Smith against Bryce Hall. That is a matchup that seems to favor Devontae, and Devontae has been quiet. What we've seen with these Eagles receivers is that, obviously, there's only one football. There's only so many targets. There's only so many catches. There are only so many yards to go around. And the first couple of weeks of the season, it was Devontae Smith who was racking up all the yardage and getting all the attention and getting in the end zone. And, of course, we remember A.J. Brown in week two fussing about not being able to, and they said it wasn't about getting targets and target share and all that. I don't believe it. And then all of a sudden, now A.J. Brown is the guy. And Devontae Smith has had some moments. He was completely absent, though, last week against the Rams. And not because of anything Devontae Smith was doing, just simply because A.J. Brown was so dominant. They got Dallas Goddard involved in that game. Again, just not enough footballs to go around in in that one. And Devontae Smith was the one kind of left holding the bag. Usually... These guys pop up like hedgehogs out of the ground. And so maybe this week it's A.J. Brown who takes a backseat. And the Eagles really force the ball to Devontae Smith to try and take, take advantage of this matchup. I think that's kind of what we're going to see. I think Smith is going to have a big game. Uh, I'm talking like 120 yards or something like that in this one with a t- with a touchdown, predicting a big Devontae Smith game for the Eagles here in this one. Um, you've got Dallas Goddard against the Jets defense. The Jets defense has not done a good job against tight ends. This is this is a game where you've got the Spider-Man meme with regards to defenses and their ability to stop tight ends. Um The Eagles' defense has a hard time stopping tight ends, and the Jets' defense does as well. They have allowed a quarterback rating of 108 to tight ends. They've allowed five touchdowns to tight ends. This could be a game where Dallas Goddard gets involved in the red zone a little bit more. Of course, we know the Eagles have had their red zone troubles. We'll talk about that in a second. Last week, Goddard, 117 yards, eight catches, and one touchdown against the Jets. So the Jets have had a tough time in pass defense, specifically with their linebackers and their safeties. They're good good against the run. They're having some trouble in the passing game against tight ends so far this year. Now the Eagles' offensive front against the Jets' pass rush—that's that's an advantage that you'd like to think the Eagles can maintain, but this ju- this pass rush for the Jets is pretty good. Quinnen Williams, again, not as good as Aaron Donald, but uh, you look at some of these other guys. Quinton Jefferson has two and a half sacks. John Franklin Meyer, Solomon Thomas each have one. All, of th- all the guys on that defensive line, they can rush the passer. Now we're talking about red zone efficiency for the Eagles. This has been a problem through the first five weeks, as everyone who has watched this team has seen terribly frustrating. It's like in baseball when you get runners in scoring position and you, and you can't get hits. The Eagles are simply not doing enough running the football inside the 20 as far as I'm concerned. Not effective. Last year their EPA per run play inside the red zone of plus 0.32 Far better than this year's negative 0.08. They're simply just not effective running the football inside the 20. I mean, all those drives, remember last year, all those drives, especially in the playoffs, they get inside the 20. They just keep pounding the ball, and they keep finding all of these holes. Remember against the Giants and the 49ers in the playoffs? We are just not seeing that so far this year. Eagles running backs inside the 20. This really needs to be the DeAndre Swift show. 13 attempts, 50 yards, a 3.8 average, which, again, you're not going to rush for over five yards uh, a carry inside the 20. Two touchdowns. Kenny Gainwell has the same number of carries inside the 20. 13 carries for 26 yards. A 2.0 average with no touchdowns. The problem is is giving Kenny Gainwell DeAndre Swift's carries inside the 20. This needs to stop. And I know BLG and Jimmy talked about it uh, in the early week BGN radio, so I don't need to go over that ground again. But um, this is something that they need to get better at. And they also need to start targeting Devontae Smith inside the red zone a lot. Uh, I saw this note from BLG. Five touchdowns inside the red zone last year for Devontae Smith on seven catches. We have not seen him used inside the 20 this is an area the Eagles absolutely need to get better on against the Jets this Sunday all right let's take a look at the Jets offense what are they going to do against this Eagles defense and let's take a look at Zach Wilson against this Eagles front four Wilson got off to a horrible start this season two weeks ago against the Jets however 28 for 39 for 245 yards two touchdowns no interceptions and a 105.2 rating In that 23-20 loss to the Chiefs, but he played the game of his life against Kansas City. Kansas City's defense is not a world-beater, but still... That is a big stage, and he played a very good game. But that was his best game of the season so far. Last week against Denver, not a good defense, and he was not as impressive. 199 yards throwing the football, no touchdowns, one interception, and a 78.8 rating. And I said it a minute ago, it seems like the Eagles' pass rush, specifically the edge rushers, are starting to wake up uh, Hassan Redick. He's a closer, man. He, he he shut things down last week, and uh, that is what you want from your big money edge rushers. Zach Wilson has taken 15 sacks so far this year, four times last week he was sacked. And a key matchup along that line will be Redick against... Max Mitchell, who will be replacing Elijah Vera Tucker, who's out with the Torn Achilles. Now they may have they may move some people around in order to kind of help with this matchup, but this could be another big week for Reddick, who again has specialized in these late game sacks the last two weeks, but look for Josh Sweat also uh, to make a little bit of noise. The the edge rushers are going to need to step up. We haven't heard from Brandon Graham at all this year, really. I mean, I, I know that quarterbacks are getting the ball out a lot faster and throwing over the middle of the field. We saw that last week with Cooper Cup and um, the way he was able to exploit the middle of the field but once they made him start hanging on to the ball a little bit more once Stafford had to had to wait an extra half a second that defensive line, it was still winning their matchups and then started to get to Matthew Stafford, uh, and I think you could see something similar with Zach Wilson here on Sunday afternoon. I'm, I'm predicting at least another five sacks uh, for this unit uh, going up, especially Hassan Reddick against Max Mitchell. I think that is a matchup the Eagles absolutely need to win, and the rest of these defensive linemen uh, need to get in on the act as well. I think they will. Now, Brees Hall, running back for the Jets, has gotten off to a fantastic start, and it'll be a tough road for him against maybe the best rush defense in the NFL. But last week, Hall against Denver, 22 attempts, 177 yards, eight yards per carry, and a touchdown. So far this year, Hall is averaging 7.2 yards per carry. That is second best in the NFL. Dalvin Cook, a non-factor in this offense now. But of course, Hall did this against Denver's 32nd ranked rush defense in case you didn't know there are 32 teams in the nfl that would put them at dead last meanwhile the eagles defense is holding running backs to 3.1 yards per carry that's tied for second and their 61 rushing yards allowed per game is tops in the nfl this team simply does not allow running backs any room in the run game and Brees Hall will be a good challenge, but he, if he's not running effectively, Zach Wilson has no chance in this game. That's the key matchup on defense. If they can continue to do what they've done all season long and, and shut down Brees Hall, it is hard to imagine Zach Wilson winning this game on his arm. Even with some good run, even with some good wide receivers and even without Darius Slay in the in the secondary. The Eagles' pass defense has not been their strength this year especially early in games. Now, credit Sean Desai, especially last week against the Rams, a a good passing unit. That is a team with some talent, and they really did a great job shutting things down after halftime. You like the fact that they can make some adjustments at halftime and figure things out, and they're going to have to get creative again here on Sunday afternoon because Darius Slay is not in the picture. But as a whole, the pass defense has not been terribly good for the Eagles, and if... The Jets had a better quarterback. I would be a little bit more worried about Garrett Wilson and Alan Lazard. Those two guys are pretty good, especially Garrett Wilson. Wilson, last year's number 10 pick, had a tremendous rookie season, over 1,100 yards and four touchdowns. He is not off to as good a start here in year two. And you can hope that maybe you're seeing a little bit of a sophomore slump for him. In five games, he has just 279 yards. But again, that is also potentially a product of the human being throwing him the football. Likely, he will play outside most of the time. He does play a little bit of slot. Maybe they maybe they play him a little bit more in the slot here uh, in this game as uh, as Bradley Roby is I assume going to get the start for the Eagles in the slot with Josh Job at cornerback and Derry and a. Uh, uh, James Bradbury at the other spot. So you would love to have seen Slay on Wilson in this game, traveling with him, but Slay will not play, and the Eagles will have to kind of figure it out. Again, if you had a better quarterback throwing them the football with Darius Slay out, this would concern me. And who knows? You know, maybe, you know, if they can protect Zach Wilson then maybe he can get the ball out to those guys. We'll just kind of have to wait and see. But, uh, again, I really do think it's up to Brees Hall to open up running lanes in order to keep the Eagles' defense honest, and that would be the only way I see the Jets being able to put some points on the board. Now, the Eagles have given up some big games to to good wide receivers. They gave up 11 catches and 159 yards to Justin Jefferson. They gave up 8 catches and 86 yards to Terry McLaurin. And, of course, last week against Cooper Cup, 8 for 118. Now, most of that was done in the first half, of course, before they shut him down. So this is not the best offense the Eagles have faced this year. And this should be an offense that the Eagles are able to shut down. This is a game, even with the injuries, the Eagles should be able to handle. They are the better team. They come in as the better team. Now, at some point, you're going to lose a game, I think. <laughs> you know, I know they've won like 21 out of their last 22 regular season games. At some point, they're going to lose another one, I would think. It's it, but it just doesn't seem like this is the spot where you would let where you would see it. Um, it's just it's hard to comprehend a world in which Zach Wilson beats this football team as good as the Eagles are playing, and they don't have letdown games. And that was the thing with Eagles teams in the past; they would have letdown games. And I know there are some people out there who don't believe in letdown games. I 100% believe them. And when you're playing an out-of-conference opponent on the road, a lot of times that can be a spot where you have a letdown game. But I just don't see that with this team. This team doesn't do that. Jalen Hurts doesn't allow it. The other leaders on this team... Do not allow it. This is a team of winners, and I think they're going to beat the Jets here on Sunday afternoon. I think this is the week they have a little bit more red zone success, specifically on the ground. So uh, I'll say four touchdowns for this Eagles team. I'll say the Eagles take care of the Jets 28 28- to 14 all right now looking around uh just some of these other games that we're going to be keeping an eye on here um specifically with NFC East teams the commanders at two and three travel to atlanta to take on a falcons team that is lucky to be three and two and i actually think the commanders will bounce back i, I know they lost to the bears last week but it was on a short week that was an emotional loss against the eagles the week before just four days before they they sh- should have beaten the eagles they could have beaten the eagles you'd go for two there on that that game-tying touchdown with one second left on the clock. I mean, that was a miracle touchdown. Uh, the Commanders were feeling pretty good about themselves, even, even in the loss. And really, they probably felt like they should have won that game. They should have stolen that game in Philadelphia, and they didn't. And then they got to get right back on the field four days later and take on a Hungry Bears team that did not want to start 0-5. Justin Fields decided he was going to stop playing awful football and. The Bears jumped up and bit them. I think the Commanders are better than what they showed against Chicago. I don't think they're quite as good as they showed against the Eagles, but I think the Commanders are a better team than the Falcons, and I like the Commanders to win that game. Uh, And I think I don't think it's going to be an easy win for them, but I do think they're going to be able to to take care of business against a a Falcons team that's still kind of doing it with some smoke and mirrors. Uh, Looking at some of the other NFC favorites, you got the Seahawks at three and one going into Cincinnati to take on the Bengals. That's a tricky game. The Bengals are in desperation mode right now even at 2 and 3. They do not want to fall to 2 and 4. And I like the I like the the matchup of Joe Burrow there at home against the Seahawks. Uh the 49ers are going to go into Cleveland and take on a Browns team that will not have Deshaun Watson. The 49ers look to run their record to 6 and 0 in that one. Uh, again, that could be a letdown game potentially coming off that Dallas win where you smoke them and everybody's you know you're, you're feeling real good about yourself and you're reading your press clippings about you know you're the best team in the NFL and frankly the 49ers deserve to be at the top of all of the rankings all of the all, all of the um uh the 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 top tens and, and all that difference the power rankings that are out there but you're going again it's out, it's on the road against an out of conference opponent now it's without their starting quarterback and so that could very well mitigate any kind of any kind of letdown game but i think it's going to be a little bit ugly for the 49ers. It's a little bit of a sloppy game against the 49ers here against Cleveland but i do think they will eventually uh win that one as well. Uh, you've got a good game on four at 425 on Sunday the Lions and the Buccaneers the 4 and 1 Lions against the 3 and 1 Buccaneers. Hard to believe the Buccaneers are 3 and 1 after the way the Eagles really kind of took them apart. I think that's again kind of a fraudulent 3 and 1. The Lions are far from fraudulent. I like the 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 Lions to win pretty big in that one. Uh, you've got the Giants going into Buffalo to take on the Bills, and they will do it without Daniel Jones, who has a neck injury. The Giants will fall to one and five in their season of humiliation, and it'll be especially humiliating for Brian Dable, who'll be going back to Buffalo, his old stomping grounds, and is they're likely to get ripped to shreds by the Bills. I'll be very shocked if the Bills don't win this thing by at least 10 points. Really, I will. And then um, This is an interesting—that's a Sunday night game, by the way. And then the Monday night game, the Dallas Cowboys going into L.A. or Vegas now. They're in—no, it's L.A. That's right, L.A. Chargers. I can't keep it straight. Who's in Vegas? Who's in Los Angeles over in the AFC? Uh, They got the L.A. Chargers at 2-2, and and Justin Herbert going up against the Dallas Cowboys at 3-2. Obviously, the Cowboys coming off that horrific loss in prime time against the 49ers last Sunday night. Cowboys have an extra day to prepare, but so do the Chargers. And this will be such a fascinating psychological game for the Cowboys. How much will they let what happened last week affect them? They hit rock bottom last week. They went into that game thinking, this is a measuring stick. This is We're going we're gonna to prove that we are every bit as good as the 49ers. We're neck and neck. We're the team to beat in the NFC, and we're going to show everybody here on Sunday night. And they got absolutely humiliated and destroyed. It was a real tough watch. Real tough watch for Eagles fans. Just hate to see it, right? <laughs> but no, I think the, the Cowboys going into San, Di- going to San Diego, going into Los Angeles against the Chargers. This is a decent Chargers team. Now the Chargers have a history of disappointing people, and it's very possible that they will here too. But going on the road in Los Angeles against the Chargers here on Monday Night Football, coming off that loss, I have no idea what to expect. I think the Cowboys will win, but I, I it's I'm like 52-48. This this is a game that is so fascinating to more from a psychological perspective than than anything else. And Justin Herbert can throw the football. Uh, he's a better quarterback than Dak Prescott is, and it'll be so interesting to see how the Cowboys respond and react. At, you could very well see the a situation where the Eagles move to six zero against the Jets, and then the Cowboys fall to three and three, and the Eagles with a three game lead in the division as the difficult part of their schedule comes comes to pass. So uh, that is, of course, what everyone is hoping for will happen. Well, what everyone is hoping will happen uh, Sunday afternoon and then Monday night uh, between the Cowboys and the Chargers. All right, everybody, that's going to do it for this edition of Eye on the Enemy. And again, this should be a fun one. I think the Eagles are going to handle their business. I think it's going to be a relatively easy win for this football team. Uh, the Jets have a decent defense, but this Eagles offense really is playing at a pretty high level right now. So credit to Brian Johnson, Jalen Hurts, and the rest of the offense for kind of getting things back on track and looking like a little bit more like their 2022 version. I think we're going to see some improvement in the red zone, and I think we're going to have a nice a nice afternoon, early evening on Sunday. Uh, as the Eagles take care of business against the Jets. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We'll talk to you next time right here on Eye on the Enemy.
0: More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals.